Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the first day of November. You know, I love the month of October, and I'm kind of bummed it's over, but uh, on to November hockey. Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live in this season. Flyers also teaming up with Penn Medicine for the Penn Medicine Assist. For every Flyers assist this season, Penn Medicine and the Flyers donating 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. Flyers back at it tonight, looking to bounce back from that tough 3-2 loss against the Carolina Hurricanes, where I thought they stood right in there with one of the really good teams in the NHL. In Carolina, had some great opportunities in that third period in a tie hockey game, 2-2 at that point. And just couldn't get the win. Couldn't get that one goal against the Canes. Canes, very good team. Very good team. They're playing some much better hockey now. But the Flyers will get the Sabres tonight. And the Sabres are a team where expectations are there. There are expectations on the Buffalo Sabres. And rightfully so. They have some good talent. It's time for the Buffalo Sabres to take that jump and become one of the better teams in the NHL. But the problem is, so far, it hasn't happened this year. We're sitting in the bottom spot right now in the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. They've played nine games. They've got eight points. They're 4-5-0 and on the season, and uh, they did win their last game. And here's who have they, they have played this season. So on the docket for the Sabres this year, uh, they opened up their season with the New York Rangers back on October 12th. That was a 5-1 loss. Then they lost to the New York Islanders 3-2. They beat Tampa Bay 3-2 in overtime, lost to Calgary, beat the Islanders, lost to Montreal, beat Ottawa, (laughs) lost to New Jersey, beat Colorado. The weird thing about this Sabres team is you see some wins in there over good teams. Colorado off to a good start. They beat them 4-0. They beat, uh, you know, teams like Tampa. That's a good team. But they lost to teams like Montreal. And they've lost to now the Islanders twice. They lost to the Devils. There's not much shame in that. Losing to the Calgary, though, who's not off to a good start. So what is this Buffalo Sabres team? Well, we're going to find out because we get to see them both tonight at Wells Fargo and Friday in in Buffalo. So we'll get a good indication what they are, what they may be, what they may not be. And beat Ottawa as well. I mean, I think Ottawa's a quality opponent uh, for the Sabres and a quality win in that regard, too. Who leads the way for the Sabres? The Buffalo Sabres, they have some really high-end defensemen, and a defenseman leads the way in scoring. It's Rasmus Dahlin. In nine games played, he's got nine points, two goals, seven assists. Jeff Skinner tied with him uh, in points, but with five goals and four assists, one of them on the power play. Casey Middlestead off to a good start this year, two goals, five assists, seven points for him. Dylan Cousins, good young player, three goals and four assists. And Tage Thompson has got six points in nine games as well, four of them goals. So it's the Buffalo Sabres tonight. And, you know, what's going to hold the Buffalo Sabres back this season if they can't take that next step? It might be goaltending. They've got three guys that they've played already. Uh, Devin Levi's played four games for the Sabres. He's got a record of one and three. A 3-2-6 goals against average and an 8.92 save percentage. Eric Comrie, who's actually hurt right now, has played three games for them. He's got a 9.14 save percentage. And then Uka Pekalukinen has got a 9.15 save percentage. He has played three games for him as well, and he's got a record of 2-1 and, and a 2.84 uh, 
uh, goals against average. So who's the goalie going to be? Well, the goalie, please step up. We don't know who that's going to be for the Buffalo Sabres. When you look where they're where they kind of rank in key statistical categories in the NHL, they kind of tell the story of why they are where they are. Uh, they score three goals a game, which is 20th in the NHL. They give up exactly three goals per game. Uh, their power play uh, so far on the season for for this Buffalo team, you know, scoring three goals, only but only 10.7 on the power play. Good PK, 89.2%. So you kind of look at the numbers and look behind those numbers, and you realize why the Buffalo Sabres are where they are. Flyers come into this game looking to get a win. They've lost two straight. They've played nine games, a record of 4-4-1, four, four and one, nine points tied with the Washington Capitals. Caps have played one less game. Flyers are plus in the goal differential end of things, though, at plus two. So it's the Flyers tonight and the Ottawa Senators. And I think this is an important game for the Flyers. I've talked about, you know, staying in the mix as long as possible and playing meaningful hockey. The process has been much better uh, this season than it has in the past, and especially last year. Even though they got off to a good record last year, it was kind of all predicated, not all, but heavily predicated, I should say, on Carter Hart and the goaltending they were getting. It's not been that this season. The goaltending's been good, but it hasn't been, you know, the only thing leading their way to wins. In their first 12 games last year, they had a record of 7-3-2, and two, but they only scored 33 total goals in those first 12 games. 33. As you know, that is not a lot. So the Flyers are a team this year that's doing much more offensively. We see it with our own eyes. It's, we're not oblivious to this. You can tell exactly why they're having more success. In just nine games this year, they've got 28 goals. so Or 30 goals, rather. That's a big difference than last year. Again, 12 games, 33 goals. Nine games this year, they've got 30. I can guarantee they're going to surpass last year's total through 12 games. They're just, I think they're just a better offensive team. They're being led by Travis Konechny, who is off to uh, a fantastic start. Eight goals, three assists, second in the NHL in goals. Two power play goals, two shorthanded goals. He's been phenomenal for the Flyers. Now, does he come back to earth? That's a legitimate question. Because right now his shooting percentage is over 25%. That's a big, big number. He's not getting a ton of shots off, but... I mean, he's, he's got 31 shots on the season, and he's got eight goals. That's an unbelievable number. That's a small sample size number. We'll see if that number is going to come back down, but does his production efficiency come back down? We'll see. Sean Couturier, uh, nine games played. He's got eight points, and he's been great for the Flyers. Sandheim with eight points. Atkinson with eight points as well. Five of them goals. Three of them Atkinson's goals. I saw this note today from Brian Smith. Three of Atkinson's goals have been scored on the backhand. Leads the NHL. That's a strange stat. But when you look back and you know go in your mind's eye of the goals that Cam Atkinson has scored this year, he has used the backhand quite a bit. I don't know if, that, if he's been a guy that utilized the backhand a lot in prior seasons. I don't recall it. But we know Sidney Crosby's got one of the most lethal backhands in the NHL. I don't know if that's been something in Cam Atkinson's game for years or if this is just an early season anomaly. I don't know. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how the lineup plays out tonight. Morgan Frost, I thought, played a pretty good game the other night against Carolina. Hadn't played six games, came in. I thought he shone well in that 
game against Carolina. I thought he created some opportunities playing with Travis Konechny and Tyson Forster. So we'll see what the line combinations are for the game tonight. We'll see if John Tortorella makes any lineup changes for the game tonight. Um, the first of two against the Buffalo Sabres. And usually these home-and-homes, by the end of the first game, you start to see the elements of scar tissue building up and a kind of a calling card, like a team's trying to put something in the other team's head for the second game of it, knowing they're playing them again. Their next game for each team is against each other. So I think you see that sometimes in these home-and-homes. That's why I like the home-and-home. The only thing I don't like about the home-and-home is just the home-and-home split. It's like, okay, why did we do this? We should play another one because then we'd have somebody that won a series as opposed to just splitting, which in a lot of ways feels like an old-school hockey tie to me. So Flyers-Sabers tonight. Um, but I did want to get to this uh, DM that I got from Nick. And you can always DM me at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. You can email me, jason.mertitis, J-A-S-O-N dot M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S at gmail.com. And uh, I love getting messages from everybody. And I love responding to them right here on the podcast. So here's what Nick had sent me. And I think this is an interesting thought to ponder and a little bit of a discussion. He said, hey, Jason, I've been pondering this for a while as I watched the first few games and wondered what you thought about this. He said, Torts tends to get the best out of his team and they're playing better. The Flyers are playing better than expected. But how much of this is improvement versus Torts getting the most out of a team. He said, for example, teams have regular season mode and find another level in the playoffs. Do our boys have another level, or are they performing at the top of their expectations and will see a slow regression over the season as teams continue to ramp up? Uh, for this, is it a legitimate step forward in their process? Great question, Nick. Phenomenal question. I thought about this for many hours yesterday before I took it on on the podcast and my answer is I don't know <laughs> that seems like the biggest cop-out in the world I do agree I think Torts does a, a better job than a lot of coaches at getting his team ready to play early in a season and that's part of that's obviously conditioning part of that is a level of accountability from the jump so they're, they're a little bit more detail-oriented early in the season and part of that is just being a demanding coach. So I think he does get his team mentally there quicker than some other coaches. Um, as far as another gear, like the one thing he referenced in the note, he said, for example, teams in the re have regular season mode and find another level in the playoffs. Here's what I know about that. You know, we see teams play in the regular season, and if your team doesn't make it, the Flyers don't make it. People in the first round of the playoffs, I invariably, every single year, get a bunch of notes going. Watching this first round game between, you know, Tampa Bay and Toronto, the Flyers are so far off. Well, side-by-side -side comparison of regular season hockey versus playoff hockey is light years. If your team's in the playoffs, they'll go to that level. They'll go to that level, and it'll look like that. You can't judge it if your team doesn't get to the playoffs. <laughs> it may seem bizarre to say, but every team can go to another level. But for this Flyers team, in other words, what Nick is asking, in my opinion, is are they at their ceiling, or do they have room to grow? And the reason why I say I don't know 
is because it's hard to answer because there's some things I just don't know. I don't know if Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson are going to remain healthy for the entirety of the season and keep contributing at the level they are. I mean, do they do they have to hit a wall at some point? No, they don't have to. Has it been the case in past? Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen to them. I mean, Sean Couturier's got eight points in his first nine games back, and he didn't play from December 2021 until the very beginning of this season. So that, by all measurements, is a very good start, all things considered and beyond. Then you look at Cam Atkinson. Didn't play a single game last season. Nine games played. He's got five goals and three assists for eight points. Both of these players, mind you, are north of 30, and both of these players are covering the highest average time on ice for the forward group. So that's a big part of the equation. Other parts of that equation, Travis Sanheim is off to a great start as well. He's second in the NHL in average time on ice, only behind Drew Doughty, who's been playing 25-plus minutes for 100 years. Travis Sanheim also has got eight points in nine games. Travis Sanheim's been light years different than he was last year. Is that sustainable? Is this the Travis Sanheim for 2023 and 2024? That, I don't know. A nine-game game sample size isn't enough for me. Sean Walker has been really good. I didn't know much about Sean Walker before this season. I'll be honest. I didn't watch a whole lot of L.A. Kings, San Jose Sharks late-night hockey. But he's come in here and been really steady defending, really decisive offensively. Is he going to win an arse? I'm not saying that. But I think he's provided something they really needed, as has Bobby Brink. Bobby Brink came in, and I didn't see it coming. I didn't see Brink coming in and making this team, and certainly not making this team and making the impact that he's making already. Brink's got two goals and four assists and six points in eight games played. I didn't see that coming. So there's a lot of question marks still. You know, Cam York, how does his season progress? How does Igor Zamula's season progress? Sam Harrison has played two games. He's let in 12 goals. Does he kind of get his game together and provide 25, 26 quality starts on the remaining schedule? I just don't know the answers to these questions. So I can't just make up an answer. I, I don't know if they have another level to get to. I don't know if I, – I, first of all, I think they're improved. My eyes are not lying to me. Structurally, they look much better. The way they're playing is much more stressful on an opponent because how that how quickly they transition from defense to offense. If that stuff continues and they remain healthy, I think they've got another gear to go to. But there's a lot of question marks that I don't know answers to, and I can't prognosticate yet. I can't prognosticate those on just nine games. I hope all said and done when we're done 82 games this year, that we look back on it and go, that was, without a doubt, a progressive step forward. That's a, that. There's not even a debate about it. 
that they're you can't even go on Twitter and find people go, oh, they didn't move forward this year. That's what I'm hoping for after 82 games. After nine, I don't have enough data to be able to make an educated assessment on if they have another gear or is this the best they'll look all season. I, I just don't know. I think there's a lot of question marks. And the only thing we, we can do is wait the time and see games tick off the schedule before we can really make an educated, you know, kind of opinion on that. It's a great question, Nick. I really thought about it a lot, but I just don't know yet. All right, Flyers-Sabers tonight. Wells Fargo Center, Flyers-Sabers Friday in Buffalo. But we'll uh, recap this game in tomorrow's episode. So join us then on a brand new Flyers Daily.